I'm excited to have you. Um, for the listeners, we have Malakia Johnson here, and um, she is the co-creator of the Take Care of Each Other tour. It's a world tour, honestly. Um, and uh, essentially, we'll, we'll get into it later, but essentially, um, she went across the world <laughs> um, and did an archival project where she collected people's stories um, of them and their like cooperative practices, their cooperative principles and their values and just who they are and stuff like that. And so I am excited because one, like the archive podcast, then you know that it's in the name. And so I deeply resonate with that and also just cooperative <laughs> values, cooperative principles. Um, but first I want to start off with like, how are you doing in this time? Yeah, thank you for asking that and for the wonderful intro. Um, I'm actually doing okay. I'm doing really well, actually. There are a lot of things that are going well in my life. And like you said, there are a lot of things going on in the world. But my family is okay, and they're healthy, and I'm okay, and I'm healthy, and I try to concentrate on those things. And yeah, like they, and we, they continue to feel agency in their lives, and I continue to feel agency in my life in like the projects that I'm working on and stuff like that and their contributions to the world. I actually, I've come to a realization recently that I think that the world isn't as bad as my, a lot of my friends think it is. <laughs> and that they're all, they're like these very cool parts of the internet where people have really dedicated their lives to cooperation and like living in the gift economy and like intentional communities and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is also a, I can, the more I dig, the more I'm like, this is actually a pretty, pretty big part of the internet. And so I'm like, it just kind of can depend on, you know, what you're looking at. So I try to look at that type of stuff and it gives me hope. People are getting closer to their neighbors and mutual aid is becoming, you know, a larger conversation. And that is all very exciting stuff to me. <laughs> Definitely. I, I agree. Um, I, Throughout this whole period, I think like this most recent period in my life has been a little like rocky, um, just like interpersonally. Um, but I do agree. I think that there, well, one, you know, there's always been hectic energy <laughs> in the world, and there there always will be hectic energy. Um, but I, I would agree. Like there is a lot that has come from. There is a lot of people who have shifted their mentality. Like so many people who might not have even known what a mutual aid was pre-pandemic are now that's that's like a part of their everyday vocabulary like you know there, there's just there's a there's a lot happening and it, i think it's really ultimately like um the half empty half full sort, sort of like vision of the world and like how you you're choosing how you want to receive the world and so the world is just going to give you what you what you're asking for um <laughs> but but yeah, so it, it, it's a lot there, and like there's always room for it yeah. to be better, of course. But like, there's so much, and like okay. if, if you take if you take hold of it, then like it will, you know, it will feed you. It will feed you back. Um, and so on that, what has been your experience, or like what were some of those early one? I guess. Maybe we should define cooperatives um, and co-op principles and co-op values. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, what were some of your like early memories or early experiences that really like 
solidify those those principles and values for you okay sure sure um so okay defining cooperatives and i know i probably should be more my definitions have to be real like not from ncba like nothing <laughs> like in terms of my experience so they're just places where people come together they're usually businesses um i'm gonna say yeah it's a business structure it's a business model where people have democratic ownership over their work or their housing or their food like grocery cooperatives and things like that and yeah they learn with each other that's one of the cooperative principles like education and they support other cooperatives and they pull their resources together to meet their needs in the ways that make sense to them i that's all i have there for now i hope that's okay totally um, fine. <laughs> i'm gonna do a plug i'm a part of an organization called grassroots economic organizing and we you can find anything you want about cooperatives without definition if you're like what is she talking about and i want to know more you can go to geo.coop and it has all the things about cooperatives so check us out um how i got involved i always say it started with my parents and the way i grew up was very unique i'm originally from <laughs> sort of des moines iowa like that's where i grew up i was born in ohio but we moved when i was seven so i'm from iowa <laughs> and we were like, I don't know if you know that episode of The Proud Family where there's like that one family that celebrates Kwanzaa that and that like has a lot. Experience. I kid you okay. not, like when I saw that, I was like, wow, I see, I see me. <laughs> little, I went to a Catholic school and so like anything mm -hmm. outside of Christmas, they were just like, I don't know what it is. What? So I was yeah. like, they, they, they asked me, do, do you celebrate Hanukkah? Are you Jewish? And mm -hmm. I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so relatable content. Um, we <laughs> we grew up celebrating Kwanzaa. We also grew up learning or believing in the principles of Ma'at or practicing. That's that's a better word. Practicing the principles of Ma'at. And yeah, like not celebrating in holidays, like you said. We were vegetarian. We had locks. We were wearing dashikis. Like that was in Iowa, in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> and so just you know in the principles of kwanzaa like cooperative economics is a principle so i'm like i'm just seeing that as i was growing up like i'm seeing my dad practice it we talk about it in kwanzaa every year so they're just principles that i'm familiar with like you know self-determination i feel like just within kwanzaa it's about agency you know speaking for yourself it's about care and trust it's about it's about you know cooperation working together and so yeah, I think that's where it started um, in a more defined way, like how it is now where I have the language to say, oh yeah, I'm into cooperatives and that type of stuff. That was at the end of college. I got introduced, like many people, to Jessica's book, Collective Courage, and was like, and at the time I was, yeah, so I was at Howard. I was the president, was I the president? Yeah, in my last year I was the president of what we say is like the blackest organization on campus called Ubiquity. And, you know, so I was in the stage of my life where I'm like protesting and I'm like, you know, trying to fight the power and try and thinking a lot about what, you know, what it means to be black, what it means to be engaging in social movements. 
and really feeling fed up with the fact that a lot of the solutions were came down to me having to ask another person Mm -hmm. about what I wanted to do with my community or my life like when it comes to policy and that type of stuff it's like so y'all been asking for years now okay so I don't (laughs) I need another solution so yeah somebody gave me Jessica's book and I'm like this is it this is the work why are we all doing the work somebody like tell the people this this is the work (laughs) and so yeah just from then like from then I I started following, like anytime I saw Jessica's name on a flyer in DC, I went to the panel. Like I was almost like slightly stalkers to, a little much, but it was it was like, Jessica's there, I'm gonna be there, you know? Cause I just wanted to hear her talk. I wanted to hear more about it. I had never heard of anything like it. And so, um, yeah, I did that. And so then I started, yeah, like towards the end of my college career, I started emailing people that I knew were just involved in cooperative-like things, like just cold emailing them. And one of the people that I emailed was Ajwa Ifateo, and she is the co-founder of the Elijah Baker Intentional Community and a housing cooperative in D.C. that's still there in D.C. in Columbia Heights. And we had a little lunch, and she was like, you know, like, do you want to be a part of GEO? You know, you sound, you sound like you, you're real into this. Do you want to be a part of GEO? And I was like, no. I don't, cause she's like, well, she was saying, you know, like it's a, it was a writing thing, and I'm like, I'm not a writer, I don't, I don't really know what I would contribute. She's like, well, just figure, you know, like just try it out. And so I talked with one of the our members. His name's Josh um, Davis. He's one of our, he's the content manager of our website. He lives in Montana, and so that was just a weird experience because I'm like this head wrap wearing incense lighting like shawty that goes to Howard on a Zoom call with a white man from Montana, but like having the most wonderful conversation that I had had with anyone in a while about the stuff that I care about. And so I'm like, okay, this might be a thing. (laughs) This might be a thing. And so, yeah, that, I will say that's where I really, where it propelled because Geo is made up of a bunch of people that are like giants in the movement. Like Jessica is a part of Geo. And so I've gotten to know her intimately through that organization. Ajua, like I mentioned before, Michael Johnson, who's one of the co-founders of Ghana's an intentional community in New York. Jim Johnson, who's like, a, he's a co-op developer, but like all these other things and a most amazing man. And so, yes, yeah, like all these people that have been doing this work, that have committed themselves to this work for like 40 years, 50 years, Ajua and, and Jessica like met through this work and are still best friends to the day. And so it was just like, it was the perfect place to be and to stay. And I still, and all the things, even the tour, which we'll get into, like it all stems from me deciding to join Geo really, because I got to join people that that decided to do this and committed themselves to this life. It's very intergenerational. So I got to like, you know, skip a couple of the steps, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, so that's that's how I got into it initially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like sitting here just in awe. Like, I I I love this story. I, I genuinely adore all of this because similarly, like I it was post grad, um, and I was just rethinking like, okay, I have I'm in the real world now. Like money is a mm-hmm. thing. Like how 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 am I going to um, one ensure that like at the end of the day, like I am okay with myself and I'm not you know, overworking myself in this, like, just 
productive, obsessed world, how, like how, how do I care for myself, one, and then also how do I ensure that I can acquire what I want or what I need, and like how do I make sure that these things are sustainable for those who come after me and respectful of those who have came before me. Um, and so I, I think it was, I think I just Googled like co-ops or something like that because like I too, you know, Kwanzaa, I, I saw, I saw the word and I'm like, I get it. You know, we talk about it in the house. I, I get it, but th it's nothing beyond that. It's just sort of like this mm -hmm. bubble and like, you mm -hmm. know, we always talk about, um, supporting black businesses which is in itself cooperative mm -hmm. but because we don't name it like that in the outside world it feels like oh maybe that's like such a that's maybe a foreign concept like i, I don't really know um and so i actually found geo and i, I read oh, yeah cool. i read an interview with jessica and i was just like wait literally this is what i've been thinking um and then someone also gifted me the book and just mm -hmm. one just reading it you realize how much vast history how many people have literally like given and I, I like what you said like committed they've committed themselves to um creating and sharing and and and, and producing with people in mind with humans with like mm -hmm. culture and all of these things in mind um mm -hmm. and one just like how how wonderful and like selfless that is and, and and also like there's just so much here there's there's so much to learn from um and like obviously you know that's super like the historical aspect but then being able to just google google things and see organizations still still thriving and still um doing doing the the work i think work is like a contentious term sometimes but like you know <laughs> doing the things um yeah. and and how <laughs> how like wow it, it's just it makes me so happy um and i really adore like how you all's relationships and, and and your experience and like oh i don't know if i can contribute i don't know what i can contribute and then them saying hey you can show up how you show up and like but basically you know we're in this together um mm -hmm. And and obviously like that 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 theme that idea is like um, apparent in like the the title of your tour take care of each other and how like oh man I I'm, lately I've been thinking about radical care and what does that look like what does that what does that mean um, but for you just what what was what was this tour um, and how did you come to it what was your experiences and all of that yeah. Um... Yeah, so at the time I was, I just, hmm, I, just I just quit <laughs> a post-baccalaureate computer science program at Georgetown because I thought I wanted to get into computer science and then realized that I was more interested in engineering and makerspace things. And while I was exploring that, those ideas, the question that really intrigued me, which it's hard to explain, but the question was like, what would it mean to create a cooperative technology? Because I was questioning the premise of computers. I was questioning like the premise that their, ine their inevitability that I heard often talked about in the field, like, oh, well, AI is just inevitable. Everything's inevitable. And like questioning the assumptions that were embedded in these tools 
and what it would mean to have like cooperative principles embedded in the tools that we make. Like would, if, we, if that was the case, would we come up with these sorts of things, if that makes sense. And so I quit and I planned to do the tour, but I chickened out and got a job instead and was miserable. <laughs> and you know, one of my friends had graduated in California and he was the steward of his university's garden. And we were just in like their fields picking oranges and like eating and like talking. And I was just like, I can't go back to work. Like I can't, like this life is waiting for me. I can't go back to work. So I decided I was just gonna do it. So luckily like everything fell in line. Like my, I had a friend staying with me who needed a place to stay. She took over my rent, it was like, boom. My neighbor needed a car. So I like let still lease my car, boom. And then like sketched out in my little journal, the cities. <laughs> and started to make a move I was thinking a lot about what you were saying in terms of even us like we're growing up in these families where cooperative economics is a thing but we're still not we still didn't even know like how big this could go and so I was really thinking about the question how can I make it so that other people don't have to go through the same thing as me I also was working as a librarian for some years while I was at Howard and while I was at Georgetown. So archiving has just been a part of my thought process. Librarian is strong. Um, I worked at libraries doing digital, like archive assistant work. That's what I was doing, yeah. I just mean I was like around libraries often. So I'm thinking about archiving often. And so yeah, I was like, I'm gonna go on a tour and I'm going to find people that are asking the same questions as me because at the mo at the time, I didn't feel like I had access to enough people that were asking the same questions as me. But I knew that there were other people asking questions because that's just how the world works. That's so I'm not the only one asking the questions. So I decided I was going to go find them and I was going to go record them and I was going to try to make sure that I wasn't the only one that heard it. I was, but I still wasn't, I still, I'm still figuring out like my take on archiving and and I don't know what it means if that makes sense I I ended up partnering with the Marlin Spring Art Research Center to store them there but you know it's like not everybody has access to that you know archive and not everybody's gonna go to the interested enough to go to the library to like find it and like we don't own these things that we put audio and all stuff on like anytime somebody if anybody says, oh, not today, like, not today, like, our stories are gone. So <laughs> um, I was thinking throughout the tour a lot about other ways of archiving. In the beginning, I actually wasn't even going to put on the internet. I had, I bought, like, a bunch of CDs. I was going to burn them on CDs and send them to the people. But my really great friends of mine were like, okay, girl, we get it. You know what I'm saying? We get it. You're really trying to, you know what I'm saying, explore. <laughs> But don't nobody got no CD players no more. And I'm like, okay, y'all right. Well, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I had, I had like bought a CD player. Like I bought a stack of CDs. Like it was a whole thing. But anyway, so yeah, I was like, okay, I guess I'll put it online. But I got to have an institution. I was something else. So I partnered with Moreland because I worked there while I was at Howard too. And yeah, so um, I embarked on the tour and it sort of grew and shaped and and you know, 
did different things as I went to each city. When I was in New York, that was one of my first, well, Philly was my first stop, but when New York was like my first stop, it was like, okay, I'm really doing this. And that's where I met you. It was like, okay, I'm really like, or not met, what's the word? Saw you, I guess, <laughs> encountered. <laughs> but yeah, like, that was where I was like, okay, this is like a real thing. People are like asking me questions that I don't necessarily know the answer to that I need to figure out real quick. <laughs> And so with each city, I learned more. I got better at it. I got better at communicating. I got better at, you know, my questions. I got better at figuring out what exactly it was that I wanted to know. And yeah, I I had said world tour in the beginning just because I was like, I hadn't, I knew that there was a trip to Ghana um, that Repair Nations was doing, but I just was like, I know I ain't had no money. I was like, I don't, I'm gonna just say this. Maybe I'll be able to go. Who knows? I don't know. Like at the beginning, it was just like, I was being funny. <laughs> But then, like you said, I actually was able to, like, actually in New York, I met one of a good friend of mine now. His name's Murray Cox, who is the founder of Inside Airbnb, and which is like a, I don't know if he would call it an organization. It's a project where he's sort of just tracking the impact of Airbnb on black and brown communities all over the world, actually. And so he was really interested in what I was doing. It was really intriguing to him. And so he was like, Hey, I'm going to this conference in Barcelona. Do you want to like work with me on this project? And then like, you can also present on your tour. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> I had never been to Europe. I had never even wanted to go to Europe, but it was like, who's like, am I going to say no? No, I'm not going to say no. So yeah, we ended up going to Barcelona and then just like, traveling to other places in Europe because it was like, we're here, we might as well go to other places. So we ended up going to like Venice, we ended up going to Rome, Amsterdam. Yeah, and like, it just like, it just, I can't even, it was just so serendipitous and amazing. I got to meet all these people that were doing similar work in Europe and thinking about their worlds in similar ways. And so like now they're still my friends. And that was, so that was after Ghana. And then in Ghana, yeah, they were having a cooperative conference. They needed someone to do like a podcast, I guess. So in exchange for me going to the trip, I did a podcast for them. Like was recording people and their experiences the entire time. Recorded post interviews after we left Ghana. Recorded pre-interviews before we, like, what are you expecting? I did all that. Like, I don't know if the word is produced. That feels strong. I, I put a little music you know, put a little intro <laughs> on, on it. And it's all, the credit. You okay, okay. I don't even know for real what that word means. That's why I, that's why I was like, I don't know if there's no, like... No, no, that's... You're, you're a producer now. <laughs> okay, okay. Resume, I'm writing that down. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so I did that for them in exchange to go to Ghana. And yeah, so I was able... They had a cooperative conference. I recorded it all. We got to connect with people that were doing cooperatives in Ghana and to think about what a Pan-African solidarity economy really looks like. We were like thinking through what that meant. And so together, so that was so cool. I didn't even know that Ghanaians had cooperatives. I didn't know that was a thing, but it was, it is. And so, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I feel like I'm blabbering now, but it was just this, it was just this tour that where I was really discovering my, like asking the questions of myself asking more and more questions of myself and then sort of like projecting it on other people, but they found them interesting too. So it worked out. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I feel like I just keep having to say, I'm just so like, Oh yes. Cause same. Like I think one, 
wow manifestation <laughs> you act and you sell, yeah. you shall receive like whoa who who would have thought like who who, who would have thought just saying you know or, or even like first and foremost like okay not gonna go back to this school okay now i have someone who's willing to take over you know take over my home take over my car like mm -hmm. and how things just like work out when you are working with the universe rather than like against mm -hmm. it um and and so like how that that's that sets you up you know that's like that's your foundation and then to be able to experience all these things and meet these people and just and and the the, the root of it is because you are investigating yourself you know like mm -hmm. and i like i don't know for some people they may look at that and think like oh that that may be like something that's selfish but i i think that if if we take um that we're all the same we're all um on the same on on, on these similar quests um mm -hmm. for like certainty and truth and understanding mm -hmm. um by virtue of you questioning yourself you are like you said you are able to meet those people who are asking those same questions it's not just you there is so much more um mm -hmm. i i'm i yeah i love that even like with me like i've been thinking about these things and to see someone my age some you know like to see that come to fruition is just oh it's so magnificent i love it <laughs> um i i was scrolling on, on your website and um there were like a few journal entries i think it i think it was from the journal entries um but um you were thinking about ecosystems and i know that you already talked about um engineering and like technology and and how these things interact with the world um and so for you during your during your tour what were some ways in which you were able to give and receive and like you know just learn about yourself in relation to the environments around you yeah Thank you for asking that. I was just thinking like, oh, I forgot to talk about this really important part and that question allows me to talk about it. So yeah, um, that was something I was really nervous about in the beginning because I was like, I don't really have, I can clean the bathroom, I can cook, I can make shea butter, like concoctions. And, but like I said, Geo, just none of the tour would not have happened without Geo like just hands down. I was just really supported by my community. That's something I really learned. When your community, I don't know, like when you when your community supports you, I don't, like when they believe in you, that's all you really need <laughs> is what I learned. Um, and you know, you're being genuine about what you're doing and you're not seeking to like overtake, like, well, actually, could I get this? Like, I didn't, you know, that doesn't work. But yeah, like my first stop, Philly, I was staying with one of my ubiquity sisters and I felt, I tried to like, well, I was cleaning up and she had had a party actually while I was there. So I was like helping to clean up after that and just being really mindful of like, you know, her space and how I could help. But at the end of our, my stay, we had this really long conversation about what I was doing. Cause she didn't really know what I was doing. She just was like, yeah, you can stay here. And so <laughs> when I've told her what I was doing and, it was like really inspiring to her. And she thought about like new possibilities in her life that she hadn't considered before I was there. And so I heard that like a couple of times 
in, in each city. And so I began to realize like that is a part of what I'm giving, like me living out my purpose, me like following my dreams was giving like this inspiration and hope to people and to like not feel so, well, I don't know if I felt bad, but just like to just know that that's there. Um, Ajua, the person I mentioned in the beginning, was instrumental. I called myself the co-creator because I couldn't have done it by myself. I think that's another way I, another way I was sort of giving. Like I wasn't trying to make it seem like, oh yeah, I did this tour. Like no, and if you donated five dollars to me, you go on my website. Like <laughs> because I just knew like everybody that donated, everybody that housed me, everybody that clothed me, everybody that was like, you could stay at this person's house, and I ended up being able to stay at that person's house. Like y'all are all co-creators of this thing. And Ajua is on every single stop because every time I needed a place to stay, Ajua was always emailing anybody she knew in the co-op world in that city like, hey, we got a young sister traveling to your city. Connect with her. And they always did. Like, they always did off the strength of knowing Ajua. And it was always a just super resonant meeting. Um, yeah, and so... I guess giving and taking, what would I learn? Let me pause and think. I know you sent me this question, right? I should have paused some more. Um, Yes, uh, it's, it's textured. Giving and taking and care is very textured. It's a very dynamic thing not a one size fits all thing because like one thing that you know fits in one between two people may not fit between another two people and so I think that's something I learned that that given that care is textured um I think that's all I want to say about that (laughs) and I guess another thing but I didn't learn this until after in the way that I know it now but it's like it's just Everything that we have is a gift. Like, none of this, like, the sun is, like, that wasn't a given. It wasn't like, oh, okay, bet, I got the sun to count on, you know what I'm saying? I got the clouds, like, okay, bet, I got, I can count on those joints. Like, that's not, no, no. My metabolism working, like, that's a gift to my breath. And it sounds cheesy, but it's, like, for real, like, I'm already in debt and gratitude. Like, there's really nothing I could really do to, like, pay back. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just, I was given so many gifts just off the strength when I got here. So it's like all, everything I do just has to be in service of something because <laughs> somebody, some system, some something, because like when I got here, it was just like gifts, gifts galore. And so that's sort of how I think about it now. And I think the tour helped me get there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Um, you already kind of started talking about it a little bit, but what were some of your favorite memories um, that were like super resonant then? And, and now what are some things that you've had to, you know, ruminate over, you know, over the last year and like what's what's sticking out to you? Yeah. Then. OK, so I'll, I'll say that for I'll say. OK, uh, so another part of the tour was me being able to visit family. That was something that was really important to me at the time. I mean, it still is, but it was, it was a main part of my tour. I made a point to visit Ohio and Chicago 
because I have a lot of family in both of those places. And so being able to just be with my cousins in Columbus and well, also to be in Columbus as an adult, knowing that my parents met there and like, you know, started to build a family there and that all of like my mother's brother, my brother's, yeah, siblings and all of their children, pretty much not all of them, but most of them live there. And so being able to just like be with them we're all sort of adults now so we kind of like got our own place i don't have to go ask to say my uncle can stay with my cousin it's like okay you got your own place okay we in this joint you know what i'm saying (laughs) so that was cool and then also my my uncles um i'm trying to remember their names that's crazy because they're just like uncle (laughs) but willie b johnson and nathan johnson they i also interviewed them on my tour they're really connected businessmen in Columbus. So pretty much everywhere I went, like anytime I went to a city, the way I would find community was finding libraries, finding urban gardens, and finding like open mic spots. Usually if I went to like any of those places, I could find somebody that like was a homie. And so anytime I would just do my, oh, also like black owned businesses, bookstores, I went to those, I try to like find those places and come to a city. And anytime I went to those cities, and I mean, to those places in Columbus, there was somebody that knew my uncles. So that was cool. Like, I had never met, you know, been in a space where I was like, they're like, oh, your uncle is so-and-so? Oh, well, come on in. Come on. Like, that whole thing. Like, that was really cool to experience. Like, they just have built these really strong relationships across Columbus. And I got to benefit from them. And, like, people would donate just off the street. Like, oh, your uncle is, oh, okay, they did my business cards. Come on. You know, that sort of thing. That was really cool to see that side of my uncle as an adult. Because, you know, I mean, for me, usually it's like, oh, that's just my, you know, like we go visit, but it's like, we're just with our cousins. I don't really understand my uncles as people and like what their hopes and dreams are. And so it was cool to be able to understand my family that way. I also got to visit my great grandma, who's 93, and do a two-hour interview with her, just like me and her. She She was showing me all like her little... Her journal is like the back of envelopes. She's got a bunch of envelopes that she'd be writing on the back of when she feel inspired. And so I got to like see all those. That was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think co-operated stuff. Uh. Yeah, take it, take it however. Take it however. Okay, cool. I'm saying, I mean, every interview is memorable for, you know, distinct reasons. Um, but now... The place that I just keep always coming back to and that I'm like considering moving to at the moment. We're seeing how the things will work out. But the place I always come back to is Detroit. It was my favorite place on the tour. I met so many people that were just exactly where my head was at, like exactly in in a way that didn't happen in any other place on the tour. And the people there are just so... (sighs) I can't, I don't even know what to explain. Like, the, I was telling my friend today, like, the air in Detroit is just creative. Like, just the like just the air. I felt, I remember writing, I don't, I don't know if this is in my journal entries. I remember writing, like, me just walking around and seeing the houses. I felt like I was in a Toni Morrison book. Like, I felt like, I also felt like what, what was funny to me, that most people that I met, like, I, I kind of feel like people that are from Detroit are people that, somebody found in a small town in Georgia and like plopped in Detroit 
and like nobody told them that like that they moved north <laughs> like i feel like it's just it has a very southern feel i mean obviously i understand the like history of how black people got to detroit so i understand why it feels that way but it doesn't like this that same sort of history you know it applies to chicago and other places but it doesn't it's different in Detroit. Like in Detroit, they're still moving slow. Like they're not. <laughs> yeah, like they're still moving slow. They still talk mad country. Like, and I just loved it. I loved it so much. There's just so many people that are like, just that just have agency over their lives. Like they're not they're not taking what other people say about who they are and what their identities mean in the world. Like they don't care about any of that. And that's the, like what I be on. And they just like move how they want to move. When I was there, I didn't get to interview him, and I, his name escapes me. But he he's the owner of a cooperative called Can Books. It's a book cooperative, if I remember correctly. And Can, spelled K-A-N, stands for Knowledge Allegiance Nation. And while I was there, he just decided he wanted to host a festival. And so he hosted a festival. Like he was, he hired a band, Molly Wap. Shout out to Malik Yakini. Um, went to like a funk band. Hired a band, had some vendors. Like, like that's the energy. Like, okay, what do I need somebody else to do? Like, rent it out a park. I don't even know if you rent it out. Like, you know, everybody send a tip at the park. We got a stage. We got an AV system. It's a festival. Like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and there was just so much of that that I was just like I was just in love I just love Detroit so much and there was also a bunch of serendipity like I met there was a my housing in Detroit was the first housing place where I didn't have like stable housing for real in the tour and like on the day that I needed to find another place and I really didn't have an idea of where I was gonna go I met I just <laughs> You might be able to, you might call it naive, but I just decided I was going to go to a, a screening of Do the Right Thing, even though, like, it was getting very late <laughs> in the day. <laughs> I really needed to find, you know, a place to be, but I went to the screening, ended up sitting next to this guy who was really cool and into, like, same sort of, like, urban gardening type of stuff. We end up, like, just having a good conversation after the movie. We end up like walking, taking a walk together, or I think we were riding a bike. We we pop up on this festival that's like happening randomly in the middle of Detroit, like at nighttime. It's like, and this sounds dangerous, but it wasn't that you know. And it's like, don't walk, don't do things with strange men. But he was not. It wasn't a weird thing like that. It was just very like two people that have like minds that are like exploring the world together that's all it was <laughs> so i understand how it sounds but it just was a very serendipitous thing like we ended up and it was a multicultural festival like i can't i don't want to miss in the culture but there was a culture of the asian variety i'm not sure what i'm not sure which but they were like dancing and then right after there was like a hip-hop section and then there were people rapping to like the drumming that was happening from the like other culture and it was just like this mix it was like how who would have thought who would have thought that we would have come upon such a thing and then he also ended up being able to have a place for me to stay like a little air mattress in his place for me to stay and i was able to stay there for the rest of my trip and so that was that's especially that's an especially fond memory just because 
ain't nothing but God. Like that ain't nothing. <laughs> That is, it ain't nothing that ain't got nothing to do with me that had nothing to do with me <laughs> and so yeah like having moments like that where it's like oh wow you are the exact person that i need right now that's thank wow thank you you know <laughs> yes, yes. word I, yeah so I love yeah that. <laughs> um wow that is amazing um and also um you mentioned so many like places so many sites so many like physical physical things um and so a lot of this is like the imagining a new theoretical world i suppose or a new like way of like living but for you what what are some of the the physical aspects of like a reimagined world that you hope to see yeah um i'm a I'm a little science fiction-y, so bear with me. I really can get out there. But the world I really hope to see, I really hope to see a world, I have this thing, I have this thing that I say where I say, when we take care of each other, the world becomes more vivid. And by that, I mean, like I have this, I have this weird thing. I have this weird, like, what's the word? Belief. It is a belief. But I have this thing where I only have beliefs that are functional, if that makes sense. I don't like to hold beliefs that are functional. And this belief is functional for my purpose, so it's fine. But I really do think that if we all take care of each other in the ways that, where that's like meeting the goal for each of us, not in like a, where it's like as textured as it needs to be to fit everybody. That like the trees will trust us and like turn blue and like reveal their true colors or like be violet, which is just be violet. Like the world will really be like this really colorful space where like, they're like, okay, cool. They got it together. Yeah, we can reveal we'll who see. we really are. <laughs> well, like even if you think about it, because they were saying when the whole pandemic started and they were in Italy, everyone's in the house, the water cleansed itself. Just mm -hmm. this water that's just been filthy for decades is now just like, beautiful it's like come on we just we gotta get it together <laughs> we mm -hmm. have to get it together <laughs> mm -hmm. no exactly so yeah that's how that's like my science fiction way of how the world will look a little more grounded is just i'm really into neri oxman's work she's an architect that thinks about things being compostable and having a life or thinking about their life after um use i guess so her work is really interesting to me i for me i just like any material that's compostable any material and also not forgetting to have poetry impossible in in utility rather like just because it's utility doesn't mean it can't be poetic and by that i mean like so i just had i did a project this past i don't know i think a couple of months ago that I called the sidewalk project where I wrote what if questions on the sidewalk <laughs> just for people to interact with just I needed to like get out and do a thing and then I turned it into the fire hydrant project where I created these like flowers that I could put on fire hydrants I cut it out out of cardboard to like provide give some possibility to the fire hydrant like why the fire hydrant can't have a flower head like you know what I'm saying like why we can't like why would you be so boring about it in my head, if everybody was taking care of each other, 
they will f- they will want to be creative in the ways that they that makes sense to them. So like there would be no mundane houses. There would be no like houses that look all alike. Like everybody would be able to be fully creative in whatever they wanted to do. Everybody would be dressed in like these patterns that are very expressive of who they are. And like yeah, like the whole world would just be dope. <laughs> everybody would just be able to like one of the one of the interviews um I had was with Onyx Ashanti and he said this thing where he was like dopeness is not this thing that you sort of have to like reach for I'm paraphrasing but like it's just something you have to let yourself become let yourself inhabit and so that's always stuck with me since then and I'm just like I don't even have to like it's not like I'm trying to be dope it's just like I'm allowing myself to be dope you know what I'm saying like yeah it's showing yourself that permission to just be <laughs> exactly just be a person be you and like however messy and like of course we we don't we don't want to like show up in ways that are harmful to other people but like sometimes it is messy and sometimes it can be harmful and and in those moments you do have to correct and you do have to adjust yeah. and you do have to yeah. like figure it out but like it's yeah. nothing to it but literally to just be oh wow yeah yeah, so that's that's a vibe. I, in terms of, I'm thinking about more material stuff. Well, to me, multifunctionality and compostability. Like, that's what I want to be two main principles in everything I create. Like, instead of just having a column in a building, like, let's think about, can that column be made of material that cleanses the air? Like, let's get into it, y'all. Like, let's... <laughs> like let's really think about these things like why just have a column like why not make it a multifunctional thing because and i'm not one of the people that's like oh everything should be like nature i'm not i'm not that type of person but i do think that nature they've been doing this for a while you know what i'm saying like they've been here for a minute they've been here longer than us they got some they got some tricks under their sleeve you know what i'm saying that we can look to and be like okay where you did it like that that's how you were saving the water okay we could we could think about that when we want to save our water or whatever you know so yeah like and when you look at different things that are happening in the natural world, a lot of them are multifunctional. Like a plant that isn't just, a leaf ain't just a leaf. It's doing a whole bunch of stuff, <laughs> you know? And to try to create on that same plane is really interesting to me. So the material world being multifunctional and compostable would be really dope. Yeah. Um, so now with everything that you've, you've learned, you're experiencing and are continuing to experience, how are you shaping your world um, in this moment? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. So yeah, the the tour work has sort of propelled into this work that I'm doing called Design for the Commons, along with two other partners of mine, Ajua Ikateo. She's a constant in my life and throughout this interview for that reason. <laughs> and Ebony Gustav, who's like my creative life partner and doppelganger um yeah we created this thing called design for the commons and it's it's a budding business but at the moment we have these toolkits called a neighborhood toolkit a workplace toolkit and we're coming out with the food sovereignty toolkit and these toolkits are about strengthening care and trust in whatever name i just said so within neighborhoods or within workplaces um and i'm really thinking a lot about trying to use mutual aid to get people to the cooperative stuff because i feel like mutual aid is in the middle and often i'm 
when people say mutual aid, I didn't even know what mutual aid was during the tour. But so just for people that may not know what it was, what it is, basically sharing, pooling, exchanging resources to meet the needs of the people that are doing the sharing, pooling, or exchanging. And so, yeah, like we really think that these mutual aid systems are tried and true and can and can make it so that care and trust is a predictable outcome after you do it. Like we talk about care and trust as if there are these things that we just can't grasp and we have no knowledge of, and there's no way to make a system to account for these principles and ideas. And there, and there are, <laughs> there are ways of do doing that. If it's, it's documented and noted that if you share, you know, <laughs> with a person for a certain amount of time, there will be a bond that has grown. You will feel connected to that person. And if we create systems where that is a mainstay in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, we can start to try to, you know, strengthen care and trust in in our everyday in our everyday lives. And like with that invites serendipity, it invites a learner's mindset, it invites generosity. And so that's the type of world I'm interested in building. And so that's what we're doing right now. Um, we sent our neighborhood toolkit to neighborhood associations around the country and got really great feedback, mostly in black cities, just cause you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> yeah, we got really great feedback and I've been doing, you know, sort of tutorial, I would say like workshops a little bit with neighborhood associations. And so that's really exciting work. We have a couple of other projects that are like too early to speak on, but I'm just really excited about the work we're doing in terms of illuminating the cooperative economy. Like I was talking about at the beginning of the interview, it is there. Like zero waste shops, makerspace, uh, like studios, mutual aid spaces, cooperatives, guerrilla gardens. Like if you don't want to live, like living off the grid sounds like so crazy, but it's like, it's really, you could really do that. And you could do it. I mean, I don't know about off the grid. It depends on how crazy you get in terms of electricity and all that stuff. Like you really could like detract from a lot of these institutions that we feel like we have to count on. Like there are a lot of people in the world doing cooperative work, like where they're, they're fed up with that stuff and they want to beautify the place that they live. They want to have agency over their food. They want to have agency over their work and they're building together. And so some, one of the projects we're working on is illuminating in a map, like, that economy and and in doing that work is so inspiring because it's so much bigger than what you would think like there's so many people doing it and so that's how i, I yeah i'm creating shaping my world right now <laughs> thank you so much one of for i guess not one but a few takeaways that um i'm grasping from this is yes create what you want <laughs> you know if if investigate yourself like um there's options you know and i think that's like plain and simple like there are options you are not limited and you, you spoke so much about agency and like that being so so true there there you have control over a lot more than um other people will tell you that you have control over and that's just like you know that 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 just is what it is and so once you once you acknowledge like your own power, you know, so many of these like moments that seem like 
how could this have happened? How is it, you know, it's, it's like, God is just like, hey, I'm just waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to see and, and say that like, you you hear me and yeah. I will then continue to speak to you and I will speak to you yeah. in such um, in, like an impassioned way and I will show you that there is more. <laughs> there is more than, than, than what you have been like looking for um mm -hmm. in the past and so i'm really grateful um thank you so much for for sharing and like the work that you've been doing and certainly like the work that other people um that, that you've called up has been doing like all of this is connected mm -hmm. um yeah wow there's there, there there's a lot there for me to just like sit with and just like hug i have to do a little mm -hmm. hug after this but um where can where can people find and connect with you and follow up with you or anything like that yeah sure so the design for the comments work that i was talking about you can find out about designforthecomments.org and contact me there um i'm on instagram malakia johnson and that's really the only social media that I pay attention to. And that's, yeah, that, so yeah, those two places. <laughs> awesome. Well, for the listeners, please um, keep up with her, keep up with all the work that, um, just all the work that all co-ops are doing everywhere, <laughs> if you can, when you can. Um, and be sure to follow us at Dig3x. Um, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. Thank you for the platform. This was amazing. I had a good time. <laughs>